Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Any Given You podcast. As always, I am your host, Michael Megan, and it is the national championship for all the marbles. It is Bama versus Georgia here again, folks. We are here on the morning of the national championship game. The Clash of the Titans set again for 8 p.m. tonight. And in this episode, we will be breaking down the factors that might swing this game in favor of one over the other. I am sitting here at 6.15 in the morning. I know that it's supposed to be podcast suicide to be recording here early in the morning hours, but this is where I could fit it in. I've got my cup of coffee. Hopefully my voice holds up. Let's start with the tail of the tape. Georgia, they've had a 13-1 and Record on the season, signature wins, a 34-11 to win over number two Michigan, 30-13 to over then-ranked uh, number 11 Kentucky, and then a 37 to nothing over, at the time, number eight-ranked Arkansas. This offense scores 39 points per game, averages 5.3 yards per carry on the ground. Defensively, they allow 9.5 points per game, and just 253.9 total yards in the game, 81 yards on the ground for the season. Third down percentage, 45.6%, and a plus three turnover ratio. Georgia is a team that is built on physicality. That is a Kirby Smart buzzword uh, and an absolute cornerstone of his program since he took the reins in 2016. Excuse me, sip of coffee. Coach Smart is 65 and 15 at Georgia for his career with a 5 and 2 bowl record, a 2017 SEC championship, four SEC East titles, two SEC coach of the year awards including this year. Um, and makes his second appearance in 4 years in the national title game. He and his defensive coordinator Dan Lanning have orchestrated the best statistical defense in program history this year at Georgia. Offensive coordinator Todd Munkin has engineered a Georgia offense that is the most potent we've seen in the Kirby Smart tenure. This team is built from the inside out, a classic stop the run and establish the run formula that is complemented by some incredibly talented skill players on both sides of the ball. They rank number one in the country in terms of game control. They have the Bednarik winner in defensive tackle Jordan Davis and the Butkus Award winner for the nation's best linebacker in N'Kobe Dean. On offense, they're led by quarterback Stetson Bennett, who leads the FBS in pass efficiency, a deep stable of versatile backs in Zamir White, uh, Zeus, as, uh, as we like to call him, James Cook, and Kenny McIntosh, and a core of talented young pass catchers in impact tight end Brock Bowers, wide receivers Lad McConkey and A.D. Mitchell, not to mention Jermaine Burton, and a few. Uh, and and they also they all have some added help from uh, the return of a now semi healthy George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock. And Georgia has physically dominated everyone on their schedule. Even in the tight fight against Clemson in the beginning of the 2021 season, we saw the Dogs' front seven prove vastly too powerful for the Tigers to handle. After that game, it was blowout city as Georgia would win their next 11 contests by an average margin of 29.5 points per game. They looked unmatched in all of college football 
until the SEC championship game where they met familiar foe Alabama and they were turned completely upside down. Alabama beat the dogs 41 to 24 and seemingly exposed the team's Achilles heel in the secondary, as well as some other holes in the game offensively against an elite talent at quarterback in Heisman winner, Bryce young, his complement of talented wideouts in Jameson Williams and John Mechie and a reshuffled offensive line, the Crimson Tide put on an aerial display that shocked the world as the Dogs' defense would give up twice the yardage and seven times the point total that we had seen all year. The Dogs entered the playoffs as the number three seed and played in the Orange Bowl against Michigan, where they got back to their dominant ways and put on a clinic on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive, dismantling the Big Ten champion Michigan Wolverines to the tune of 34-11. to Alabama, 41.4 points per game, 9.2 yards per pass. They give up 20.2 points per game defensively with 37 sacks. They are 52.6% on third down with a plus nine turnover ratio. Notable wins for them, again, against Arkansas, again, blowing out Cincinnati in the semifinal and taking care of business against a then highly touted uh, Gator squad in the swamp. Alabama is a program that needs no formal introduction. They have been in the college football playoff every year of its existence, save 2019 being the only exception there, losing to a historically great LSU team led by Joe Burrow. They've won six national titles under Nick Saban in 2009, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2017, and 2020. Have I bored you yet? They are the reigning and defending national champions, and this will be the second time they've faced Kirby Smart and Georgia for all the marbles. Nick Saban is the greatest coach to ever do it at the FBS level, and What has allowed his sustained success at Alabama is his willingness and ability to adapt. Alabama looked very much like Georgia at one point in in program history under Nick Saban. Dominant defense, superb special teams, physical rushing attack, and a game-managing quarterback to take care of the ball. However... Excuse me. <laughs> However, after losing the likes of uh, to the likes of Dabo Sweeney, as we saw in those matchups against Clemson in those national championship games, losing in 2016-2018, um, teams built on the pass and an elite quarterback play, right, which those Clemson teams were, coupled with the shift in in rules that benefited the spread and RPO attack. Saban decided to overhaul his offensive philosophies and under the guidance of Lane Kiffin, Mike Loxley, Steve Sarkeesian, and continued with current offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, they have done just that, modernizing. Defensively, Alabama has also modernized. They've gotten a bit smaller and faster with more of an emphasis on edge pressure to complement the elite recruiting in the secondary 
fielding more defensive backs than you saw out of early Alabama teams. This team is spearheaded by impact players like quarterback Bryce Young, wide receiver Jamison Williams, running back Brian Robinson, and left tackle Evan Neal on offense. On defense, they have the nation's most prolific pass rusher in edge defender Will Anderson Jr., all-American safety Jordan Battle, pass rushing linebacker Dallas Turner, and disruptive defensive tackle Fedarian Mathis. This is a team that likes to score punches and bunches while playing enough defense to get the crucial stops to protect the lead. Their plus nine turnover ratio shows how they've managed to play complementary football this season, taking care of the ball offensively, taking it away defensively. Despite the inconsistency we've seen out of this young Bama team in 2021, wins are still consistent. They have shown weaknesses in their game at times through their schedule. They do have the loss to Texas A&M. Auburn was able to push them. LSU was able to push them. Even Arkansas was able to push them in some some form or fashion. Uh, But still, with this elite coaching staff, they always seem to have a counter punch ready, and it's Alabama. They still find a way. So now that we've met our combatants, What are the keys to victory for Alabama and Georgia, respectively? What are their strengths and weaknesses uh, possible? What are their who are their X factors on the field? Which team is better suited to hoist the college football playoff trophy at the end of what should be an incredible game? And I, I for one, am absolutely expecting an incredible match. There is. There's too much Sunday talent on this field to disappoint, in my opinion anyway, hopefully, right? And I'm hoping that this game, no matter the outcome, is a game that we'll be telling our grandkids about 30 years from now, right? So let's start off with the keys to victory for Georgia. Number one, I said this about Georgia's game against Michigan, and the same rings true for this game. Georgia on both sides of the ball has to be great on first down. Georgia is a sub 500 or excuse me, not 500, but sub 50. Well, yeah, sub 50%. So sub 500 this, uh, this year on third down conversions. And in both contests versus Alabama, Stetson Bennett has ended up in, in far too many third and long situations. This is an offense that has to stay on schedule however they can manage it. In my opinion, Georgia should mix a healthy amount of passes on early downs to keep Bama from loading the box with eight defenders all night long. I'd like to see Georgia use a lot of pre-snap motion to get Alabama to tip their cap as to what they may be doing and allow Bennett's experience to check the offense into a better play. This might cause Alabama's young defenders to move out of position slow down some of that pass rush by making them think instead of just playing fast. The last thing Georgia wants is for Bama's defense to to play fast. Secondly, we've seen Georgia time and time again use the run to set up the pass. And this has – oh, excuse me, folks. Sorry about that. This has worked um, against every opponent except the one that they're facing tonight. It's, it's time for a tendency break. If Stetson Bennett is Georgia's best chance at quarterback to win a title, 
then I say let the young man prove it. I, I'd like to see Georgia spread this this Bama defense out and use a combination of the short passing game and Bennett's ability as a runner to manufacture, quote-unquote, the run game instead of coming at it in a traditional sense. Use James Cook's abilities, abilities as a pass catcher to hit him in motion and leverage his speed. Also, since we've seen that a lot of times out of James Cook, using him as a decoy would be another you know adv- adv- uh, advantage for, for this Georgia offense. Tight end screens to Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington could prove effective against the likes of Henry To'o To'o in the middle of that defense, testing him in coverage. I'd also like to see Todd Munkin get Stetson Bennett outside of the pocket with a run-pass option and let the kid tuck it and go to sustain drives if that's what it takes. First of all, we've seen Alabama's D-line elevate and and bat passes against quarterbacks trying to sit traditionally in the pocket. We've seen it specifically against Stetson Bennett going back and referencing the 2020 game in Tuscaloosa. Secondly, getting him outside of the pocket, Alabama does struggle versus mobile quarterbacks that are able to move around and extend plays. So I say go ahead and leverage it to his strengths and, and, and let him do that. When, when Alabama keys on that and starts playing wide to contain, then the inside run lanes could come open, and at that point you got them guessing. So using the pass to set up the run as opposed to the inverse relationship is something I would like to see. Number, uh, th- number three, I'd like to see Georgia test these young corners for Alabama. I'd like to see – Georgia used their big-bodied receivers to really pressure the youth and the health of these Alabama corners. Uh, freshman Kool-Aid McKinstry is a very talented cornerback for Alabama, but he is young, and we've seen A.D. Mitchell uh, draw more than a few pass interference calls against defensive backs that couldn't body up with his six foot five, 200-pound-plus frame. If George uh, George Pickens can be even half of what he was in 2020, I'd like to see him as a potential matchup threat against the banged-up Jalen Armour Davis, who is battling through the hip injury currently. Um, And once again, I'd like to see Weapon X, Brock Bowers himself, flexed out wide and matched up on a smaller defensive back. If nothing else, this could demand safety help over the top and allow a wide receiver like Lad McConkey to come open underneath, or maybe a wide receiver like Jermaine Burton to get open deep. Fourth, uh, let's say we're, we're on our fourth key to victory here for Georgia. On defense, the dogs need to become what I like to call the 4-H club. Hit, hurry, harass, create havoc. The four, the four H's there. Bottom line up front, Georgia has the defenders to get this job done. And I think we'll see Lanning and Kirby turn them loose against an Alabama offensive line that once again is struggling with health concerns. I'd like to see a smaller, speedier package of defenders up front, more pass rush personnel and early downs to limit Alabama's ability to spread it out and go up tempo against Georgia's run-stopping package. As impactful as Jordan Davis has been this season, as good as he looked against Michigan, Alabama isn't going to attack in that way at all. 
I'd like to see all three of Georgia's fast, big-bodied linebackers in the game at one time. Possibly see a player like edge defender Robert Beal kicked inside with Trayvon Walker and walk six foot five linebacker Quay Walker down as the on the edge, right, with players like Nicobe Dean and Channing Tindall playing in space behind him. Even if Alabama has success running the ball against that front, you're limiting the number of times Bryce Young is dropping back and going deep, which is what Alabama really wants to do. And with Alabama's lack of depth at running back, it's going to be a tough ask for Brian Robinson and Trey Sanders to carry against this Georgia defense all night. Basically, more speed on the field increases the chances that pass rushers are able to affect Bryce Young. The more speed equals more hats to the ball, and more hats to the ball in turn equals an opportunity to create much-needed turnovers, which I'm thinking this Georgia defense is going to have to face force you know a couple to, to get this win. I really do think if Alabama's offensive line is minus a healthy Echior or Owen, that that advantage in the trenches will turn uh, pretty glaringly to Georgia's defensive front. The last key to victory for Georgia, I'm calling this just go for it. Go for it. I believe in order to beat Alabama, Georgia must score 30 or more points. They're just going to have to. In fact, if this game hits the under, which is set at 52, I think it's an Alabama victory. The Tide have held the dogs under 30 points in all seven of their all all seven of their last contests. Last seven games played, Georgia hasn't cracked 30. That's been the consistent theme along with the losses. And as much as everyone wants to talk about the Alabama offense versus the Georgia defense, I believe the real key to this victory resides in the opposite match. The, the Georgia staff has to be fully invested in score or die trying in order to achieve this. I believe every drive for Georgia that crosses Alabama's 40-yard line needs to be four-down mentality right then and there. This would be a big tendency break from, from Kirby and the gang that is used to playing the defensive formula and the field position um, and protect the defense sort of stuff, right? Maybe get a little closer to what some of these coaches are doing with the analytics, but but honestly, the, the that kind of aggression level is what Nick Saban and the crew are going to bring to the table against Georgia. Georgia needs to match that. If Georgia is looking at third and five and plus territory, I think it's crucial that they have two more plays lined up to sustain drives and hit pay dirt because field goals will not win this game unless it's you know a last second field goal to win the game. It's it's not 2011. We've we've got to get touchdowns. This is not going to be a game that's won, you know, 12 to 15 or something like that. Keys to victory for Alabama. Number one, fine production for John Mechie. The loss of Mechie uh, is a is in this contest, it can't be taken lightly. That being said, a program like Alabama isn't going to crumble at the loss of one player outside maybe Bryce Young himself, but Alabama has options. Cameron Latu at tight end is a very talented young pass catcher who could create problems for Georgia's linebackers in coverage. Slade Bolden is another slot receiver 
and a sure-handed option. But I think we'll see Alabama target Jaleel Billingsley more often in this contest to sustain drives and frustrate the dogs defense on third down. We didn't see him targeted very much in Atlanta. I think that I'm just think I'm tipping my hat to a tendency break there. Trey Sanders has also been taking reps as Alabama's third down back. So look for him to come out of the backfield to exploit blitzes against UGA, maybe coming out on wheel routes to catch, catch passes. Number two, use Bryce uh, young as a runner in man coverage situations. Um, I, I think that Bryce Young, first off, is an extremely elusive runner. The Georgia defense has dubbed him the gingerbread man, which is really funny. Uh, much, like, much like Georgia with Stetson Bennett, Alabama has to be willing to turn him loose in the run game. In order to spy Bryce effectively, Georgia will likely need a safety to come down to neutralize that threat. And if Georgia does take that bait, if they bite on that, it will likely leave someone open in a in a one-in-one situation in coverage with either Jamison Williams or Ja'Cory Brooks, which can create and probably will create that potential deep shot that Alabama is looking for. Number three, Will Anderson effect. Will Anderson is Alabama's best player, and that is saying a lot. He is supremely gifted physically and has an outrageous football IQ. He is the heart and soul of that Alabama defense, and he allows his teammates to make big plays when too much attention is sent his way. I would say look for a player like Henry Toa Toa or Fedarian Mathis or and or Dallas Turner to create problems due to Will Anderson's presence. Also, Will Anderson himself. I'm going to say this as a, as a caveat here. This is star comment. If Will Anderson gets off to a fast start, he has the ability to wreck the game for Georgia. He does. He is that good of a player that he has the ability to wreck Georgia's night. Number four, win field position. I know this one sounds kind of old school, and it is, but some things in football never die. And out of these two teams, Alabama is more suited to score on a long field. With their ability to create explosive plays, they have the one-hitter quitter through the air. The, the field position is much more crucial, I think, to Georgia's offensive success than Alabama's offensive success. The more times Alabama can put the dogs in a position where they're forced to drive 70-plus yards to score, the more opportunities – this Alabama defense has for getting those crucial stops needed to protect and stretch a lead. And speaking of stretching a lead, the fifth key for them is the points barrage. What we saw out of Alabama in their last couple of games against Georgia was the 20 plus point quarter that really put away the game before the fourth. Alabama has owned the middle quarters of these games. If this game becomes a blowout, it is far more likely that it comes from Alabama, not Georgia. If Alabama does not generate a blitz of points offensively, the odds will tell more and more in the favor of Georgia's depth and experience as the game drags on. I actually think this key factor in the match may be chief among them all. Georgia is a team that has been battle-tested in tight, high-pressure matches many times under Kirby Smart. 
It is a team that is very experienced and composed in those sorts of games with the roster talent to make a play and win the game late. If Alabama doesn't get a 14-point lead in this game, I doubt they'll win a late war of attrition against a deeper and more experienced Georgia roster. Now that we've discussed all that, what is our official pick? Oh, oh boy. The Football Power Index has Georgia favored at 58.4% in this matchup. And Vegas likes the dogs by minus two and a half, minus three in some books. Although I will say that the money is laying with Alabama at almost a two to one ratio. Um, although the football power index has been accurate in many regular season matches, it it really has been quite off this postseason. In fact, if I made all my bowl season picks based solely off that, I'd be looking at a record much closer to 500. The FPI is nothing more than a prediction of what should happen based on the roster talent versus common opponents. But these games aren't played in a vacuum. (laughs) You got Nick Saban on one sideline with a supremely talented roster. Time to make adjustments. On the other side, you got Kirby and the dogs. Time to make adjustments. This is is not bubble boy uh, conditions here. So... The FPI, as wonderful as it is, it's not really reliable. And given what we've seen from both of these teams and coaching staffs, I think Georgia is the team that has to make the more adjustments to win in this contest. More adjustments have to be made on on their in their camp. And they have to play the cleaner game for 60 minutes. They can't give up the big one or too many of the big ones. Uh, and, and Alabama has so many different ways – they can hurt you with the the types of players they have on the field. And Alabama truly does have a couple of players that could completely take over the game, as we alluded to earlier. Georgia must do things that we haven't seen them do against this particular opponent to win it all. I love my dogs. I've picked them in this match against Alabama the last four times it's been played. I've never bet against them, but today I will do something I've never done in an attempt to send a little bit of rat poison to the Crimson Tide. Give me Alabama plus three, as I believe that if Georgia wins, Alabama will still cover. And honestly, it's the safest bet given the empirical evidence we have seen. If we see a Georgia victory, I think it's going to be close. I think it will be something like 34-31 hitting the over because Georgia continued to score in this competition and forced Alabama to continue to have to play late into the game. If we see Bama win it, I think we see something, a bigger margin of victory. I think we see something like 30-17 to where Alabama did hit that points barrage we talked about and then was able to sit on the lead and protect it with their defense. With that, I'll say, go dogs. Please forgive me. And I'll certainly be ready to take my lumps from the Georgia fans if the dogs go to town on them. Um, but again, safest bet for this competition, Alabama plus three. But Georgia, you're in my heart. We're pulling for you. I think everybody probably outside of the Alabama fan base 
is uh, is pulling for the dogs, and this one is the people's champ. I'll see you all next time for the National Championship Reactions Show. And remember, any given time, any given place, any given team, get it at any given you.